Greetings. So for all the folks at home, what is this? So this is a podcast where two former youth group kids and current music nerds do a deep dive on Christian music albums from the 90s and 2000s. Thousands, thousands, thousands. Ooh, I like that effect. (laughs) I am one of your hosts, Kylan Savage. And I am your other host, TJ Smith. Yeah, so now, if you've never listened, now you know what the heck is going on. Now you know what we're about. So what's up, TJ? Oh, nothing. I just looked up in the sky and uh, saw some some weird shapes and some, some things going on. And, I, you know, they're, they're saying on the news that the uh, the aliens have landed, Kylan. Oh, my God. This, is, this took me way too long to figure out what you were talking about. <laughs> I was like, what? Which is good because that means it's it's suspenseful enough. Looked up in the sky, yeah. Well, if you can't tell by reading the title, I think this episode we're talking about what are we talking about? Alien Youth, Alien, Alien Youth. Youth, yeah, by the band Skillet. Skillet. Oh man. Oh, um, real quick, I wanted to say our. Last week's discussion was super fun. It was. Where we talked about the new Five Iron Frenzy record. Yes. Trying to switch things up a little bit, you know, where we talked about an album that was new. Right. And so our thoughts were a little more kind of nebulous. It felt a little less, you know, we didn't focus as much on production stuff as we normally do. But that record, I think, sort of made us do that. Yeah, it really did. It kind of drilled things down a little bit. Yeah. And I would not think that I would be so into a ska record in, in 2021. 2021. Me neither. But I highly recommend people going to listen to that record and then listen to our two-part episode about it. Yes, it's good fun. And especially fun because we were joined by the great Josh Olson, who had a lot of neat factoids and just always a lovely perspective to have on the pod. Yeah, exactly. No, I think we talked about it when we got like when we got off mic that Josh was sort of like, oh, what did I say? What what was I had words to describe everybody. You were the philosopher. Oh, yeah. Right. And he was like, oh, yeah. So Josh is like like the the scholar or the expert. Right. On the podcast. You're like the philosopher. And then right. I just feel like the dancing monkey <laughs> who's just like I feel like. No, I really bring out I know the dancing about monkey. This. Like, I feel like I got literally every fact wrong. <laughs> like, everything that I said. I was like, well, I think this is the case. And you guys are like, no. That is just empirically not true. So, But that's the beauty of a podcast, right? We can just talk. Yeah. You can kind of share your opinion. I can just be an idiot. And, and then you guys can. You know. No, I think, too, I said like six or seven times, gosh, you guys are so smart. <laughs> You're so smart. I'm so glad we're all best friends. <laughs> You were very complimentary mm. on that episode. It was nice. Well, not going to be this time, numb nuts. Yeah, don't. <laughs> keep me keep me on my toes, Kyle. Yeah. So anyway, you should go and listen to those episodes if you haven't. They're pretty fun. Yes. But that's very not fun. what we're talking about anymore. Nope. Uh, we're going back. We've moved back into... Back in time. The OG form. Yeah. So we are talking about the 2001 yep. Skillet record, Alien Youth. Yes. And I'm going to be pretty honest tell me i didn't really do any research it didn't do research. i don't know much about skillet yeah i i know that they are a band that has really had a pretty impressive to me surprisingly impressive career from about i think 1996 yeah to present i think 
No, for sure. I and, think they just came out with something recently. Yeah. Or this last year. So, I mean, like that's that's pretty cool. That's something I know that there's that they're still cranking music out, and I know that they're known to be a very aggressive touring band. Not like they're aggressive people, but their touring schedule is like really really impressive and active. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because okay, even though I know nothing about them, I feel like I've. I've seen them live at least four times. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely one of those like high energy, very live centric sort of bands. I, I feel like the way that they make music and why they make music is for live shows, right? It's for, for sure. engaging with an audience, right? Yeah, like I know I've seen them at least twice at um, what is it called? Rock the Universe. It's a Christian music festival that they throw at Universal Studios. Oh my gosh! Yeah, how have I never heard about this? I don't know. I don't know if they still do it, but I went, I've been to Rock the Universe twice and Night of Joy, which is the same thing, but at Disney. Yeah. I remember I actually saw DC Talk. It was their last year that they were together. Oh, wow. At Night of Joy. That's fun. At Disney World. But yeah, I've seen Skillet. I saw them, I think, at Cornerstone. Yep. I just, yeah, they do tour all the time. Lots of festivals. Yeah. So, you know, good, good for them. I guess the you know the only the only thing I know about it like their band member uh, background is that they have had some changes, but right. the but two of them are married, right? Yeah, the, the founding lead. member John Cooper and his wife Corey Cooper. She, I think he. So the band started in '96, if I'm not mistaken, and and he he was kind of the founding member, and then she actually didn't join till like '99 or 2000, somewhere around there. Yep. Um, but since then, I think has stayed in the band, and then you know there's some other members, and they've had a lot of lineup changes. There's there's a actually a really wonderful uh, graphic that shows the timeline of the different members. If anybody's interested, on their Wikipedia page. Feel free to drop in and check that out. <laughs> okay. But I think for the sake of time, we don't have to get into all that. But, you know, what What? What I think I'm hearing from you, Kylan, and I can definitely speak to this for myself, is that we don't really know much about these guys other than just we listen to, to them as kids. Well, yeah. So Skillet, I think, was one of those bands, too. I, I'm definitely not super familiar with Alien Youth. I think the big album that I was into was Collide. Mm. That was their one after this, yes. right? Yeah. yeah, that was 2003, but Skillet was one of those bands that I feel like they would always play on the loudspeakers before youth group started. Oh. Like in that like half hour before it really started when everyone's just hanging out. Yeah. You know, like that. Th- that What that tells me is you went to some edgy churches, Kylan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, starting in middle school, I started going to a non-denominational church. <gasps> Whoa. Yeah. That's out there. We had a younger youth pastor who was like, Ooh. yeah, pretty edgy. Real hip. Yeah, so we played some Skillet. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm 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 excited to listen to this record. Yeah, it's a little outside of uh, I think sort of the things you and I typically listen to. True. Yeah. It no, that's ac- that's accurate. And and I actually to to that point was thinking about it, trying to get in the right headspace to record this. I was like, what can I say as far as my relationship to this band or my experience, kind of my past memories and things like that. And the one memory that sticks out is I don't remember if it was a burned copy or a legit copy of this CD, but I think it was a burned one from someone in youth group or, or something I had Alien Youth and I and I was in my room playing it on my little CD player 
with my goofy foam headphones. And I remember thinking like two or three songs in, I remember thinking, "Uh oh, I might be in a metal. (laughs) Uh Oh, oh, no. Am I go am 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 I going to the bad place? Oh, like man. am I That's so funny. Am I a rebel without a cause? I it, it was like a palpable moment of like confusion and and low key fear of like is there something wrong with me? This is like That's really funny. Devil music. Yeah, you know even though I knew they were a Christian band. Right, right. Yeah, no, I think this you know, for as much as I say like I I didn't really listen to Skillet, they were such a part of me growing up like just sort of always in the background and i think they they were sort of a mm-hmm. a gateway band for me yes into like even before i got into like metal right definitely like like the new metal sort of angsty you know i feel like skillet and evanescence were quote unquote christian bands right right and so it was acceptable but my parents didn't really know the difference and so then later i started sneaking in like Three Days Grace and Uh-oh. like some of those other bands and was real into that for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just to prove the point that we're getting at, they are such a nebulous band, not only in the genre that they operate in, but their their touring peers are diverse. They have toured with some of the most interesting combination of bands that I can think of. Really? Just like skimming some tour info like over the years of their like throughout their career. They they have toured with Creed, Papa Roach, Nickelback, Godsmack, Puddle of Mud, and Corn. Oh wow. And also they have toured with Jeremy Camp, Toby Mac, Hawk <laughs> Nelson, and Third Day. Oh my God. Yeah, okay, so I, I don't know. That's really fascinating. Isn't that bonkers? Like, they do, like, they've s- sort of touched a lot of different facets. Like Yeah, they they have, like, feet in both worlds. They kind of jump between. Yeah, I don't know. That's really cool. They have this, like, really unique and strange, like, scene flexibility. Just, like, yeah. chameleon from, like, new metal, secular alt rock into, like, worship bands. Dude, I think that's... Pretty cool. Okay, so I'm just reading now too that in 2019, um, their song "Legendary" was debuted as the theme song for WWE Raw. Oh yeah, that makes complete sense to me. <laughs> it does. Okay, this yeah, this band is fascinating, <laughs> isn't it wild? Well, that's a great transition into the ever important question of this podcast. 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 Do you think Alien Youth is going to be a flop or a bop? Okay, so. I'll go ahead and say, I think for the first time in Church Jam's now podcast history, I think I am going to think an album is too long. Wow. Okay. That's, I'm, I'm calling it. I think it's going to be a flop because I think that the songs are going to go on and on and on and the album's going to just like sag and I'm going to get real tired of it. You think they're all going to kind of feel the same? Mm-hmm. Okay. That like, that kind of like grungy wall of sound thing. Right. I think it's not going to work for me we'll see okay what about you well you know i've been going back and forth and i'm trying really hard to not be such a pessimist because i feel like (laughs) we've sort of adopted these roles within the podcast of like i'm pretty grumpy and you're like you're always pretty hopeful i'm the happy idealist and you always give everyone the benefit of the doubt yeah (laughs) but yeah i think it's gonna be a flop too that's fair i think but but i'm curious because i want to after we listen to it, I want to maybe listen to some other Skillet albums and see 
Mm-hmm. Like I wonder because this one's relatively early on. It's what their like third album or something. Yeah, but I think also so. 2001 was sort of the start of a very specific sort of new metal wave phase in yeah. music in general that is just not really my thing. Right. But I'm wondering if they like sort of innovate later on. Yeah. Like I wonder if it's if it's going to be a flop but interesting. Right. You know what I mean? Like I wonder if it's going to like if it lays the groundwork for that sort of sound for other bands or if it just kind of sounds like, you know, because I'm going to try to go into it. I am going to see when some of those other bands came out with albums. Right. And and see if there's any correlation between like, you know, if they're just sort of doing what everyone's doing or if they're innovating in a certain way. But I do think it's going to be a flop. Yeah. And maybe learn if they influenced other acts or if or if vice versa, other acts influenced them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That, that'll be interesting to kind of yeah. dig into and find out. Um, Alien Youth is their fourth album. I just I just looked it up to confirm fourth studio album. OK, cool. And it's interesting that you mentioned earlier, you mentioned Collide being more um, resonant with you. I somehow between the time that Alien Youth came out and Collide came out, I had like entered and then exited my skillet fan stage. Like I had like, yeah. <laughs> it was like those a... two years where you were not sure if you're into metal. Yeah. <laughs> that was maybe when you were yes. into metal. Yes. And then decidedly not. And then it, it came and went. That's so funny. <laughs> and that's why like so many people talk about Collide and Comatose. Mm-hmm. And I'm like. Now you were done by then? At that point, I was listening to the Decemberists. Right. Like, I don't even know what Skillet was doing then. Right. But I know that those albums are big. Yeah. So like, I'm I'm now curious to dig into them as somebody that didn't really you know yeah all right but we'll start here we'll start here so we're gonna take a little break we're gonna listen to the album and we'll give you our thoughts when we come back oh and stick around because when we come back kylan doesn't know this but we're gonna do a what i'm calling a john cooper off and that's gonna be kylan and me uh seeing who can do the best john cooper impression oh man okay (laughs) all right all right i love it i love you. you come up with the best segments i'm into it okay it's going to be real bad. Real bad. I'm excited. We'll be back with Church Cams <laughs> now. Church Jams now. Welcome back to Church Jams now. We took a little break and in podcast land this was only what like 30 seconds because there is an ad for our patreon but in reality it's been what like a week and a half something like that yeah since we recorded part one yeah uh but we have listened to alien youth by skillet we sure have man it was it was a ride yeah you know (laughs) are are you playing your cards a little early it's (laughs) i'm i'm just calling it a ride all right Well, let's get that ride started. Let's go ahead and just (laughs) jump right into track number one, the titular track. Yeah, so I got to say right off the bat, um, I think that what middle school TJ loved about this song was how it was like the musical equivalent of the H.G. Wells War of the Worlds coming on the radio and everybody thinking it was real. Oh, yeah. Like it was like the musical equivalent of that, like 
And I think I think TJ just likes aliens and like sci-fi okay. stuff. Uh-huh. And so thematically this song, especially being the lead track of this album, it worked for me for that reason. Yeah. Dude, okay, this was a freaking incredible intro. This is like a great way to start an album, to yes. start a show. Yes. Like everything about the beginning of this. I got super stoked. I got super pumped. Yeah. Um Yeah, it's full of it, energy. Yeah. Okay, so my biggest note on this was in the beginning, you know, it's super catchy. There's almost like a like a 90s alternative pop feel to it. Right. You know, like a little like third eye blind kind of like it was, you know, a little more major. Yep. But then I realized this this song feels okay. The way you know how people joke about Imagine Dragons or I've heard both Imagine Dragons or the Black Keys just make songs for Jeep commercials. Yes. In a lot of ways, I feel like Skillet just wrote this song for youth group promos yes. and camp yes. highlight videos. Oh, absolutely. Right? Like it's the perfect pace. And maybe it's just because I've seen it a lot right. in camp highlight videos. But it does make you wonder if that was intentional. If John Cooper was like, you know what, you know what uh church culture needs? It needs a, a youth group song for two thousand one. I'm sure it wasn't intentional. I'm sure it's just one of those like <laughs> oh, you it's just so? super high energy and yeah it's like kind of edgy and stuff so people really jumped on it yeah no it's super fun and kind of piggybacking off of what you're saying that at the very very beginning that right side guitar left side Mm -hmm. guitar stereo effect i think that was the first time i had to think about uh like where i was confronted with the idea of like how did they do that right i like you know before that hadn't considered the the difference between mono and stereo at all right. like from a production standpoint so then what did you think of that like today like listening to that do you I still mean, think that's super cool or do you think it's kind of through the lens of like, yeah 2021 right. teach it's like okay this is tired but but i still could like put myself in the nostalgic memory of the the first time i ever heard it and so I could appreciate it from that place, I guess, because it was super fun, you know, as a middle schooler to hear that stereo effect and and all the kind of glitchy sounds and everything. Yeah, it's, for it's sure. fun. There are a lot of glitchy sounds in this. Yeah, there was some interesting production throughout. I did feel like after like after a while, the song just felt like it was broken up into a bunch of like disparate parts like it didn't feel very cohesive right like each part like the verses felt different from the chorus from the bridge they all felt kind of like they were parts of different songs right does that make sense like it just didn't like each part on its own was really good right but it felt like they were just written all totally separately yeah and then just kind of thrown together yeah, because the the way that alien youth at the end of the chorus ends, and then it just is that guitar line. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like those two parts could have been totally different songs. Yeah, exactly. And I didn't notice a ton of sweet sweet bass simply because that guitar was like so loud in the mix and yeah. so compressed yes. and so just like wall of sound. It's guitar. all you can hear. It all just kind of blended together. Yeah. 
True. But, you know, there is some sweet, sweet bass on this record. A little just, bit, yep. I just, I just didn't hear it right off the bat. Yeah, me neither. Track two? Yeah, track two, Vapor. Okay, literally my first note is, what is this song? <laughs> like, what is this? <laughs> Okay, so you had a little, a little analogy on Alien Youth. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you one for this one. So it feels like it belongs in if if like Fast and Furious Ten came out in 2001. So like like one of the Need for Speed games soundtrack. Sure. Need like for Speed that's game been around for a while. Any Vin Diesel fight scene. Yeah. You know, there's got to be like uh, somewhere in there. There's got to be like a, a freak uh, gasoline fire. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Some kind of explosion, you know, twisted metal. Remember that game? Oh, wow. This yeah. could be like a promo for twisted metal. Oh, yes. Yeah, I really did not like this song. I didn't either. And the thing is, there are instances where I really love the like super messy discordant kind of thing. Right. Super messy can really work. It can. But I, th- but I think when paired with the super clean, super compressed production. Right. It just, it just felt odd. Yeah. Like it just didn't work for me. Like, I feel like if you're going to do messy like that, like you either need to go more industrial right or more sort of lo-fi yeah like more kind of punk or or the or you need to be maybe more like actual metal like actual metal yes yes exactly you know like it's kind of like it's close it's almost there after the song taking over the world and then also my other note is I didn't look up the lyrics, but is he saying I'm a beep? Yeah, okay. In the chorus? I'm so glad you asked that because so I remembered this song and I remembered liking it and I really didn't this time and I dug into the lyrics for that exact reason because I was like, I remember liking the lyrics. I originally, like middle school teach thought this the lyrics were I'm a thief. Like somebody that steals something. Okay. I'm a vapor. And in that case, I actually thought the lyrics were really strong. The lyrics were So really my misconception <laughs> but, of the lyrics were strong because I, I thought it was like a reference to Jesus coming like a thief in the like night. Like a thief in the night. And I yeah. love that analogy because I was like, yeah. yeah, vapor. Like it's very ethereal and not tangible. Right. I was like, that's cool. And then looking it up and seeing a beep. He does say beep. He does. Ah, that's dumb. That's just it's dumb. It's bad. I'm sorry. Like. Yeah. And kind of going off of what does that mean? Like, what, dude, what does that mean? I, I, like a blip, it, maybe like a blip. That's what I'm thinking. But even blip would be like better than blip. beep. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. And yeah, going back I just to didn't... what you're saying about the, the discordant kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think that, again, like you're saying, that can work. My problem with with that sort of style in this song is that I think it's just poorly written discordant yeah the 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 melodic ideas the the chord structures are just not interesting yeah they they get boring really quickly Mm -hmm. i think you know i was trying to think through i didn't do it quite to the extent that i did with our newest album ever but i think this song could or this album 
I think this album could definitely do with a resequencing. Right. I think it could be a lot more effective if you change some of the track list and cut some of the songs. This is definitely one that I would cut. Yeah, for sure. And especially having it right after how strong Alien Youth was going into this. Mm-hmm. It just... And I get, like, maybe they were trying to go for just trying to throw people off and be like, no, we're we're hardcore. Yeah. But it You can't it label just, us. Yeah, it just didn't didn't work for yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah, anytime a song with that kind of noise discordant um style, anytime a song does that, pushing up on the border of like what can be considered musicality, if it feels too much like noise, my critical listening brain just switches off and I totally disengage. Um, yeah, hundred percent. I will say though, to that point, my second part, my second favorite part of the song was the bridge because it was a little more melodic, a little more musical. Right. And then my favorite part of the song was when it was over. Over. <laughs> so, damn, coming in hot. <laughs> That's all I got. All right. Well, let's uh, <laughs> let's just go right into track three, Earth Invasion. Invasion. So this is Dude. clearly another one with the alien invasion theme, which gets yes. points okay. from Nerd Teach. I love this intro. It felt like like old school video game. Yes, like Alien Invaders, kind right. of you know, yeah. In- Invader um, Zim or like one yes. of the Crash it Bandicoot felt, levels felt... where you're on the spaceship. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, it felt super inspired by a lot of those like old school alien video games but kind of updated right like having the guitar do those lines and stuff was really cool uh the guitar in general was great on this song yeah it was lots of uh lots of like distorted wah guitar all across this album yeah and yeah for sure and this song too i see i think this should have been the second track agreed yeah because it keeps that energy going yes. from alien youth but then it kind of changes it up. I like that this song is super dancey. Yes. At that. Yeah, it's got that kind of like, straight ahead, mid-tempo, head-banging feel. Yeah. Yeah. The chorus especially is very fun. And it's one of the few times that I found myself not minding the lyrics, oh, 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 yeah, yeah. Right. I usually yeah. hate that stuff. <laughs> really? Yeah. It, it can work for me. Yeah. I think... Um, okay, but I will say that this, though, like coming off of Alien Youth, mm-hmm. you know, once again, as the resident vibe guy, I wasn't super paying attention to a lot of the lyrics. Right. But I noticed this song. Hold on. I got to look up the lyric. I will say while you're doing that, the song structure is a little weird. It goes verse, pre-chorus, chorus, verse two, pre-chorus, chorus, which so far fine. But then it does this bridge interlude and then only a two line third verse. So it's like you can't really tell what gear they're in. They kind of keep switching gears and then they do a really, really long chorus as an outro, which kind of to what we've said so far about some of the stuff is like it just it kind of gets repetitive and and redundant. Um, So that's like the one my that's my one critique of the song is the structure is a little weird, especially on the back end and and you know goes on a little longer than i would like but yeah okay so the lyrics join us in the army that's arising the truth invades your mind every day the kingdom is advancing 
the earth invasion has just begun mm-hmm. i'm fine with that but coming off of we're taking over the world <laughs> we're the alien youth right. like at a certain point it all just started like like i i get especially in christian music and especially around this time like a a big thing lyrically was like you know we're in this world but not of it like we're set apart we're different but this started to feel real like like brainwashing like yes like um starship troopers propaganda like right like weird militant propaganda yeah completely no i totally agree um i think it I think a lot of things in this album kind of border on brainless uh, behavior or just like, yeah, like mindlessly like it, following. Did, it did just feel like join the army. Right. Like it felt a little like cultish. Yeah. And I think, I think part of that too is, is them leaning into like the sci-fi themes for sure. But then mixing that with like the, the Christian themes at a certain point, it, it just felt like a yeah, lot. Yeah, it gets kind of convoluted. You kind of wonder, like, yeah. what are you actually saying? Well, track four. That's really all I got. Yeah, so, I mean, I think we are actually rocking and rolling through this Yeah, one. we are. This, this may be, like, it. the shortest episode ever. I'm a big fan of that. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome, listeners. <laughs> uh, track four, You Are My Hope. Of course, there's got to be an acoustic ballad. Yep. Skillet goes worship. Ship, ship. But okay, what album is this from? It's not from the same album. Well, what? What? Yeah, I. What, I. That's a. That's a great question. I, I'll have something to say about that at the end. But. Okay. Um, but you're right. It comes out of nowhere, and it feels like for anybody that right like got turned on to this band from their tour with corn or yeah papa roach <laughs> once they but hear this they, song they're gonna be right. like what <laughs> but do you think that they tried to like do you think they did that on purpose of like okay we got them hooked now let's get to like what we really want to talk about right but i could just see people just making fun of them for that yes like i, I just feel like what yeah, it'd make a little more sense further down in the record. Right. But track four, like, that seems insane to me to do, like, a Matt Redman song, right. basically, <laughs> yeah. or a Chris Tomlin song. Yes. Like, I I do not understand why they decided to put this track where it is here on the record. Yeah. I, I just, I don't get it. Yep. But that being said, I do love the guitar tone. Yeah, it's nice. And... And the electric drums in the beginning, those were like, those were super sweet. I could dig that. Yeah. Uh, so the the one lyric that stuck out to me that was actually pretty strong was etching your eternity in me. Mm. I just like that. I think, you know, you don't hear the word etching a lot in a song. <laughs> That's very true. That's very true. I thought it was cool. But yeah, no, it does feel, it feels like prime... 90s acoustic rock church camp song 
Yes, 100%. Like I said, it, this could be a Matt Redman song. Yep. Completely. And it, and it just goes on way too long. Yes, it does. Which again is, is very, that's worshipy. Like chorus, 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 bridge, chorus, chorus, mm-hmm. chorus, chorus, mm-hmm. chorus, chorus. Soft chorus, soft chorus, soft Loud chorus, chorus loud chorus, building, loud building, chorus. Building, 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 loud chorus, yeah. Only vocals <laughs> now, chorus. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, not a guitar solo, but like, like a like a pad solo right like a keypad <laughs> interlude yep they didn't want to they didn't want to get too risky with it you know right let's let's move on uh, yeah we gotta move on it's track number five eating me away eating me away This felt very Marilyn Manson. Oh, completely. Yeah. Uh, which is funny because, you know, we're, like we're doing the If You Like This Then series, and I was going to do some Marilyn Manson on that playlist, but then did you see this week? Everyone's like, no, he's a super creepo. Yeah. You like, and so I was like, well, fuck this. <laughs> like, I'm not putting Marilyn Manson. I'm not giving him any, any more streams. Right. I mean, we all kind of already knew it. Have you seen the meme that's like, Marilyn Manson in 2021 Marilyn Manson outed uh as a creeper and then it's a uh, someone sipping coffee and it says uh 90s Christian parents <laughs> and they're just giving the side eye like yeah I know it's so good well maybe we'll share that on oh, our Instagram oh man that's funny. that's funny yeah yeah this just felt like it was trying to be super edgy yeah they said like a cancer <laughs> right the beginning too is very like nine inch nails Mm-hmm. Um, very like industrial you know they kind of they, they, they tow the line they kind of go back and forth between the more like you know new metal and and the like industrial grunge the industrial kind of thing yeah, yeah. and I, I actually end up liking more of the industrial sound um, but yeah I, I was just really bored with this one like a lot of the time um because it was kind of like coming off of that you are my hope like really bright worshipy kind of song i wasn't ready to like switch gears so suddenly well, back into the so that's what i wrote thing. too i i liked this song quite a bit but i said but it felt like the placement felt super weird mm-hmm. just coming off of you are my hope right and like that that track listing didn't make any sense to yeah, me yeah agreed and even like especially lyrically <laughs> like part of the chorus is i'm more nothing than being is this my legacy um and then he says it nibbles at my brain the question of my existence and the matter of pain i shake my fist at the cosmos and my insignificance that's so sad i'm just like real Uh, sad for for little john like right but especially coming off of you are my hope like if anything switch those right like, like, just from like a narrative. Thematically, yes, they need to. It needs yeah, to go up. A thematic perspective, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's not like you are my hope. You, I believe in everything. I'm. I feel like I'm dying. Right. Everything <laughs> is terrible. Like, I, I don't get it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it feels it feels real weird. And that's and that's actually kind of a a theme that for me re- recurs on this album is just like a lot of hopelessness with with little moments of, of bright hope injected in, but it's like, it's, it's just a lot of the sad, dark stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, moving on. Yeah, for sure. Track number six, 
Kill me, heal me. Here's what I wrote for this. Rad guitar. Sweet phaser effect on the vocal. It's very industrial. There's a dance beat. This is what I'm here for. Yeah? Yeah, dude. Yeah? I dug this. Although, my one complaint with the song is the chorus lyrics, or lack thereof. Uh That seems super phoned in. Yeah. Like everything else, like lyrically, it's it's pretty decent. Like I I'm I'm down for it. But then the chorus kicks in, and I'm like, okay, kill me, heal me. Uh, okay, and then what? Uh, no, okay, kill, kill me, heal me again. Kill me, kill me, heal me. Okay, all right, kill me, heal me, kill me. <laughs> all right, and back to the part that I like. Yep. Yeah, I think when this song came on, the feeling I had was like, so maybe this was the record that. Or the CD, rather, that that middle school teach put on, angsty middle school teach put this on when he had a rough day at school, and and he just yeah. needed to emote this with some angry like, dramatic um, music. How I listened to Cup of Tea, exactly. by Newsboys. Yes, <laughs> I think this album was my my brief like Cup of Tea, like I'm angry at the world, everything's terrible, right? And especially like a song like this. Yeah, and you're right. That chorus just goes on and on over and over and it doesn't really go anywhere also the line about break my bones and reset me piece by piece you break me pick up the cross because it is killing time how can i scream when the pain is such a release i get the courage to pick up the nails because it is killing time and i get the idea of like die to yourself you know pick up your cross i understand but at the same time i'm like that's heavy man I i don't know again i guess it's just like more of that dark sad lyricism that i'm like bummer yeah but this is like it is like a christian interpretation of this kind of music at this time. true yes correct you know once again like the the marilyn manson the uh corn and mm-hmm. what's his face uh, like rob zombie right kind of thing yes and i think a lot of this the re like the fact that i'm hooking into these like sad dark lyrics and 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 kind of feeling a repulsion to it i think that uh backs up my skillet experience being one that was very brief like i had i had my moment with skillet it was this album and then by the time you know you get to collide or whatever i was kind of like no i don't i don't need that anymore that's not for me yeah so i guess before we move on though in part one we mentioned doing a john cooper off and i think i think now's a good time to get that going i think the way this can work is we can each pick whatever lyric from the album that we want to to do our john cooper impression um that way you know it's kind of a fair fight and and listeners we're gonna look to you for for who wins we we need your votes so get at us on social media all right let's do this i am so not prepared for this Me neither at all Okay. So what's gonna make it so great? All right, who's going first? I'll go first. All right. Okay, you should. So I'm going I'm going track one here. Do you believe that the aliens have landed? We're everywhere you go. That's pretty good. Thank you. 
I don't think I can top that. I think you can. And here's my problem. I don't know any melodies. Like I don't remember any of the melodies from this album. Do the do the chorus of that one. Taking over the world. We're taking over the world. <laughs> it's the name of the song. Alien you I forgot it already. It went out of my brain. We're taking over the world. Is that the yeah. line where like we're the aliens? <laughs> We're taking over the world with the alien. <laughs> That's not right. I think you just win. Oh, I want to cut all those. I love it. I'm not sure what that reminds me of. It's not John Cooper, but it is something. It's John Savage. Oh, yeah. John Savage, baby. All right. I woke my baby. That was fun. That was Sorry, fun. Willow. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, track seven. Track seven. The thirst is taking over. The first thing I said was, how are we only on track seven? Right. Of 12, by the way. Um, what I wrote is this is a spooky intro and then it hit me this band killer at intros. Yeah, you're right. Like, like all of their intros are so good. Mm-hmm. I'm into all of them. Yeah. But then I said, if only the rest of the songs were this good. <laughs> yeah. I feel like maybe they should do like soundtracks or soundscapes oh 100 percent. you know no i actually wrote that i forgot to say that earlier it was on um eating me away mm. so you know tj i've just recently rewatched all of the matrix movies yes. and that song in particular had real like yeah matrix soundtrack yes vibes yes. and i could totally see them doing like a sci-fi thriller yeah like Right. Yeah. I mean, they, yeah, they Trent should. Reznor, right? Like he has broken into the soundtrack game. That's true. And like yeah. if he can do it, so could they. Exactly. Come on, John Cooper. Score the next Kirk Cameron film. <laughs> the, <laughs> can you imagine the, what, what is the it? dark the sci fi flick from James? <laughs> <laughs> not james cameron, not james no. cameron. <laughs> kirk cameron although james cameron directing kirk cameron in a christian aliens remake oh with skillet doing the soundtrack. i'm here for it i am too. i would watch that <laughs> alien <laughs> the uh aliens what which aliens are, are we on now how many are there uh seven i'm gonna say so okay Wait, so there's four in the original right um quadrilogy and then there's Prometheus and Covenant. Right, right. Uh, but then do you also count AVP? Because there's Alien versus Predator sure. 1 and 2. We'll just be safe and call it Aliens 10, all right? Aliens okay. 10. The uh, Colon youth. <laughs> <laughs> Aliens, Aliens 10. The Rapture. Perfect. And, and it turns out they're God. The aliens are God. That's great. We're taking over the <laughs> There it is. There it is. Um... Okay, so I don't know about you, Kylan, but this song, Thirst is Taking Over, especially toward the end, I want to be kind of careful in how I address this, 
because in okay. no way do I mean to slight or mock anyone or anything here. But just honestly, like just being very honest, I I found myself deeply uncomfortable listening to this song, especially at the end. I totally get the vibe and the place it's coming from, so no disrespect. But I just felt like I was overhearing a conversation between lovers that you're not supposed to hear, or like I was accidentally interrupting like an intimate moment between two people. Interesting. Like you just don't belong there. Like it feels like you're. I didn't pick up on that at all. Overhearing something that you're not supposed to hear. Right. Okay. Um. I just said that there's Ebo in it, and you know how I feel about Ebo. Yes. <laughs> See, you're like way smarter about this than I am. Like, you go through and like really think about like thematically and lyrically, like what these songs represent, and 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 attach them to like real world experiences and stuff. And I'm like, ah, Ebo's fucking cool. Ebo. <laughs> but hey, you know what? I would never have made that comment about Ebo. So. We're just uh, two sides of the same, the same coin. The same weird music nerd coin. Yeah, that's right. I guess mainly what I'm talking about is that is that ending uh, bridge, um, and then outro. I want to drink you in. I am drinking you in. Over and over and over, they say that, and then um, and then the outro says, "I want to taste it. I need to taste it deep in the Savior's arms." So like, I don't, I don't want to go too far into this you know we don't need to get weird the sexual the, the sexual right but like some biblical really i'm just kind of seeing the the intimacy there like we could just right. call it intimacy and that's still there creepy for me as a I listener i shouldn't have said sexual i'll beep it out <laughs> okay but just yeah it's just like a lot of intimacy that that i'm like this feels like maybe it could have been a moment that john had in the studio by himself and it never needed to be a song that the rest of us ever heard. Yeah. I, and I'm not saying, you know, I, I can't come at it from an objective place. I'm just saying that's, that's how it hit me this time. Yeah. That's interesting. And I was like, is it over yet? <laughs> it's like walking in on, on your parents doing it. <laughs> it's a little traumatic. Anyway, let's do track number eight. <laughs> One real thing. And my heart starts aching Reach And the numbness stems Still my mind I thought this intro felt close to like closing time or another one of the by Semisonic or another one of those kind of right. 90s alt things. Like not exactly closing time, but I couldn't think of the song. Yeah. There's a specific song. Right. But... It's got that kind of vibe. It does. One real thing about this song is that I appreciate the dynamic changes between the verse and bridge and the chorus. Yes, 100%. I said this is maybe my favorite song. Oh. Yep, my favorite song. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, cool. But this is also the least like any other song on the record. Right, true. Yeah, I said it could be the final moment in a season finale of any 90s teen drama. Yeah. Which 90s teen dramas are, you know, totally my wheelhouse. Yep. So that's, that's probably why I enjoyed it as much as I did. Yeah, makes sense. I, I mean, that guitar, like, coming in after the chorus, mm-hmm. like, real bright. Yep. I loved it. Yeah. It's very fun. 
the and they and then the fact that they drop back down to the outro at the end, mm-hmm. kind of going from that high dynamic back down to the low. I thought that was a nice choice. To to me, it yeah. showed some like, uh, musical evolution, maybe. Right. It it felt it felt like the most cohesive, and the tightest. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like maybe they had that song locked down for a while longer. I don't know. I, I didn't look into like who wrote what right. on this record, but I wonder if there was a different writer. Yeah. It's a good question. Who knows? But you're right. It does sound a lot more thoughtful and like tighter for it. Yeah. That's all I got for yep. it. Next. Track number nine, Stronger. I don't like the creepy frogman vocals. <laughs> creepy frogman. I did not enjoy that. Nope. No, thank you. Zero out of ten would not recommend. <laughs> not into it. Yeah. A lot of this one reminded me, especially this one reminded me of like Papa Roach or like corn or mm-hmm, something. Totally. Well, I wrote too though. So I was talking about uh, vapor and how it was messy, but it like didn't work. Yeah. I thought this is how you do messy. Right. If you're going to do that, it makes way more sense with this song. The drums are up higher in the mix. Right. They're more of that like acid house drum. Yes. Which totally works with that kind of messy as opposed to like the drums they had in Vapor. Does that make yep, sense? Completely. Like, it, this one like, has this like felt this. messy, but it worked for me. Right. I think it has this like quick, frenetic, chaotic energy that pairs mm-hmm. well with the, the, right. the like musical structure of it. Exactly. So, yeah, completely agree. Do you remember the Underworld movies? <laughs> yes. Okay, I wrote that this felt like it would play over the credits of Underworld. Oh, completely. Yep. So it's like a little evolved past the Matrix. Right. But, God, I love those Underworld movies, too. Yeah. I need to watch those again. I, sort of like you had a critique of the Kill Me, Heal Me lyrics, I mm-hmm. I just, like, couldn't with these lyrics. I, I could not. The I am stronger, yeah, than the devil, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's all. That's it. Yeah, like that's that's kind of that's all you can say ab- about it. I I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it just didn't didn't work for me. Yeah, after a while, I really did. I think after Earth Invasion, I really did just kind of check out lyrically. I went into full vibe mode. Right. And the vibe of some of this totally worked for me. The vibe of some of it totally did not. Yeah. I also wanted to bring something up. I think you've mentioned over many episodes that uh, you tend to like sort of a more tight, focused, shorter song. Yes. Mostly. Right. Mm-hmm. So, okay. and I have an, a, like a theory about that. I think, I think maybe okay. you notice when a song idea, whether it's lyrical, thematic, melodic, chord structure, production, whatever it is, I think you notice really quickly. I think you're very like discriminating and you're listening to the vibe or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think you notice when an idea is not very interesting. Right. I think you get, okay. I think you like huh. latch onto it and you're like, yep, I got it. Cool. Don't need it anymore. 
And for me, like I had I had a Kylan listening experience to this album because I got oh, yeah. so bored of all the sonic ideas and the lyrical ideas right. so quickly. Every song almost that I was just kind of like, I like, got it. Are you didn't? Yeah. You're either on board or not. Yeah. Yeah. I do feel like like you tend to give things not just music, but most like media, you tend to give things more of the benefit of the doubt, Correct. I guess. Or are you are you, you tend to to wrestle with those ideas a little yes, bit more. Yes, that's a good that's a good way to put that. Yeah, and with this one I just like didn't I just didn't wrestle with I, it yeah. like each song I was kind of just like uh yep. Yeah, yeah, nope. Yeah, yep. Yeah. I mean, yeah, hey, welcome to my life. That's how right, I Right. <laughs> I just wanted to mention that cuz I was like, "Hey, I I can resonate with how Kylan has described experiencing a lot of these albums." That makes me feel way cooler yeah. cuz my theory was I just have ADD. No. Well, I mean, I, I can't do. diagnose you or not. I do. Well, I've been diagnosed. Okay. <laughs> I just don't take medication. <laughs> right on. Um, yeah, that's that's really interesting. Uh, I'm 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 glad you finally had a a Kylan Savage listening experience. I'm excited to have a it was delightful. a TJ Smith listening experience. Yeah, I can't we'll, wait we'll to get hear... to an album one day <laughs> yeah. where I will I will really <laughs> dive in. <laughs> Yes, you will. Like TJ Smith and Stephen Curtis Chapman. <laughs> I haven't said that yet this episode. You haven't, but you you got it in. Track ten, ripping me off. Yeah. Dude, yes, on this intro. Yeah, completely. Yeah, it's so good. Um, yeah, I musically, I didn't have much to say about this, but I did have an excerpt from an interview with John Cooper. I think this was nice. It wasn't on their Wikipedia, but I found it somewhere about the inspiration for this song. Yeah, that I thought was really interesting. It kind of goes along with what we were talking about like with some of the other songs, how they were trying to do like the Christian equivalent right. of a lot of these songs that other people of their, like other bands in their similar genre mm-hmm. were doing. All right. So, uh, skillet frontman John Cooper was inspired to write this after hearing anti Jesus comments at a Marilyn Manson concert. Mm. He told HM magazine before I saw Marilyn Manson, I honestly thought that his hate for Jesus was more of a gimmick. I went to the concert because I wanted to see how this generation responded to him. I was shocked at some of the things that he said against Jesus. And in my seat, I got mad and said, man, you're ripping me off. <sighs> I wrote a song on the new album at that concert that, that talks about how the things people say about God can steal bits of truth from us. There are lots of bands saying things that steal away from the greatness of God. I would never be one to say that listening to secular music is a sin. There's no question that the messages are coming across. But the thing I found really interesting was later on it said Cooper revisited the topic of Marilyn Manson in a 2019 Loudwire interview explaining how he still enjoys Manson's music despite not agreeing with the messages in his songs there's a lot of great music that I love that if I really get down to it I'm like yeah I don't agree with those lyrics he said I guess Marilyn Manson comes to mind I love Marilyn Manson he sings a lot of things that I'm like yeah I'm probably not into that to me great music is about authenticity it's about singing something you believe. Hmm. If I'm listening to someone say something they believe, I usually don't really care what it is. Wow. And that is rad. Yeah. 
Like, I wish my parents had read that when I was in middle school. Right. And I wanted to listen to something that wasn't Christian music. Right. I think that is really cool, especially for a band that is so overtly Christian. Right. Uh, just as a musician that he appreciates other kinds of music and other worldviews. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he can he can kind of see outside his own experience or yeah. worldview. Because that, that was something, too, that, that, you know, I was always shielded from specific types of media, specific music and, and movies and stuff because it was so antithetical to... Didn't represent the values that your family held. Right, exactly. But at a certain point, it's just like, well, like, what? Why are, you know, I don't know. It's, I'm, str- I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with a lot. I'm, th- I'm thinking through a lot, like with my childhood and stuff. Yeah. Um, I just think it's super cool that, that he was all about just listening to authenticity. Yeah. No, I think that's beautiful, man. I love that you shared that. I love that you did your homework in that specific way. Um, <laughs> right. Because that does like reveal so much to me about the song that I think helps me appreciate the song a lot. Right. Um, he, you know, so, he was in a certain that, my... place in his brain at that point and was inspired right. to write this response. But then since then he has grown and kind of has shifted his view a little bit. And at this point in the album, I I'd kind of just written it off in a lot of ways. Right. But then, you know, so I listened to this album twice and I, it did give me a lot of perspective just in general with like what we're doing here mm-hmm. and the music that I listen to of just like, yeah, okay. I may not agree with this, but you know, if they really believe like what they're writing about and stuff right. like there, you know, there's, there's something to be said for that. And you know, you can still appreciate, I mean, there's still some like worship music and stuff I listen to um, because the music is really good. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Art. I think art exists to speak to us where we're at. And some of it may, some of it may not, but it means something to whoever created it. And I think that's the important part. Yeah, for sure. And it seems like he's kind of like locking into that idea in his own way, which is really cool. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. That's really neat. For sure. Um, I was going to say too, to agree with you when you just initially were like, this is a jam. Yes. It's a banger. Like it's a super fun song. Like Mm -hmm. just kind of, especially considering the, the, looking at it from the vibe vantage point, like it is a blast. Mm-hmm. Like you can't not kind of like nod your head along or tap your toe. Rip me. Like it's got that kind of dan- like super dancey mm-hmm. or that sort of alien kind of stuff. Some like fat boy slim kind of sound. Yeah. Cool. Yes. If it, it feels cool too to like sing along to a phrase like that. Like just that phrase mm-hmm. is really simple, but strong ripping me off. Yeah. A lot of times for me, songs with like really angry lyrics can just like turn me off completely. But this right. is like right on the edge. It's like mm-hmm. kind of dancing on the line of like, it's it's kind of an annoyance, anger. It's not like way out of hand. Right. Um, and sort of like what I said about a lot of the songs on Five Iron Frenzies until this shakes apart. If I switch my lyric brain off and just ride the vibe, I can really yeah, enjoy a song like right. this. I I did want to dig into it a little bit lyrically from a 2021 vantage point. 
like from TJ's chair. Mm-hmm. Lyrically, it's a it's a little bit of a mess, but the fact that you shared that interview with him saying a lot of that kind of yeah to kind of change your perspective a little it bit it does um but still just kind of analyzing the song itself and not identifying current john cooper with the song too much but just saying uh-huh. this is the song i did want to kind of read some of the lyrics and 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 follow follow up on it with something yeah First one says, they say Jesus is doing nothing. They say that evolution took his place. There's no God who created the world and no savior for the human race. And I would love to hear him unpack that premise. Now, again, maybe like (laughs) current John Cooper would say something different than what, you know, 2001 John Cooper would say. Um, Verse two says, they say God is powerless. He laughs aloud as we cry in pain. It's just a part of his sick, sick humor, forcing us to appreciate. Who is they? Right, it's pretty reductive. And again, you sharing that about Marilyn Manson, it's like, okay, maybe that's the they. Okay, maybe he's exactly, yeah. So that's helpful. I'm glad you, I'm glad you shared that before I got into this part. Um, it's all about the context. The context, man. And then verse three says, they say God doesn't even exist. We made him up just to numb our pain. They can't believe in a loving God who doesn't believe in atheists. And my question here is, John, did God tell you that he, she, it doesn't believe in atheists? That's weird. That is super weird. Anyway, uh, and then the chorus, you say that God is dead, but you're ripping me off. You can't infect my mind with your vanity. Uh, Those are bold words. And my question there is, all those vain atheists out there, are they staring narcissistically (laughs) into their mirrors and being really offended? Probably. Uh, Although now that I know it's just about a Marilyn Manson concert, I'm like, oh, I can see Marilyn Manson. Like, (laughs) him writing literally to Marilyn Manson. Right. And it does change it a little it bit, does. but in general, but also not everyone has that context. And you, and in listening to something like, like this, you, you know, a lot of times you don't get the full story behind right. it. So it's like, like you're left to kind of interpret that. Fill and there's the a gaps. lot of really weird ways to interpret yes. that. And that, and that is another really interesting thing about art. Like it is both, it both means something very specific to the person creating it and something really nebulous mm-hmm. to the audience. And then each individual in that audience, it's going to mean something else really specific to them based on their interpretation. Um, and on that note, I wanted to try out a new segment with you today, Kylan. All right, let's talk about it. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me run that again. All right. I'm excited for your new segment. Yes. What is it? Well, this lovely music you're hearing now tells us that it is now time for Professor Philosopher's Conceptual Corner. This is a place to pose questions and theories in regard to the metaphysical, esoteric, epistemological, and strange. So... Essentially, the viewpoints expressed in this album and many of its ilk and era, identifying as Christian, seem to convey a felt sense of oppression, persecution, being an outsider, and just all-around general difficulty. Having a hard road to hoe, as they say, in life. But, here in 2021, looking back, I wonder, was that truly the situation, or was it more a perceived persecution, a projected separateness? at least in part. 
Did Christians at the time want so badly to be thought of as a sacred city on the hill, apart from the secular world, that they created a self-imposed culture bubble and the narrative that they were victims of religious persecution? For me, as a middle school kid, around the time this album came out, I felt this sense of persecution. I'm using air quotes, by the way, listeners. But looking back, I wonder if it was not any specific religious discrimination or culture war, and more just preteens being preteens, which is to say, needlessly cruel snot-nosed goons just trying to figure their life out, but failing a lot, myself included. So when this album came out, was John Cooper, a very much not middle school aged adult human person, dealing with his own very real persecution, or was it mostly in his mind? I just think America is and was built on the institution of Christianity, and God we trust is on our money for crying out loud. So. I'm posing to you, Kylan, and listeners, is it really accurate or realistic for Christians to complain about persecution, especially in the 90s when the majority narrative was white, male, and Christian? How much of this separateness or pain is legitimate, and how much is essentially an ethereal construct of an alien youth army hive mind? I don't know. What are your thoughts, Professor Kylan? What do you got? Did you write all that down or did you just have, did that was just off the dome, right? That was just extemporaneous. That was extemporaneous, baby. It sounded like it. Dang, dude. I don't know, man. That was a lot to throw at me when I was just like, I like Ebo. <laughs> I got to think on it a little bit. Hey man, this is, this is professor philosophers conceptual corner. Yeah. We get weird in this corner. That's very true. It's a weird question. It is a weird question. So basically, I think. Go ahead. I, I was just gonna say, I think I, I, as, like, middle school, goofball TJ listening to this album really identified with a lot of the feelings and ideas presented in it. You know, heal me, kill me. Like, will you, um, will you be there? Is the is the next song, uh, ripping me off stronger? Like, right. These kind of th- this this tension between like hope and pain and separateness and oh you just don't understand you know those are like pretty classic feelings to to, right. to well, have as a middle yeah. schooler well what's interesting to me about it is the the idea that at the time when i was listening to this like we're taking over the world blah 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 like from that like young preteen christian perspective that that feels right. really hopeful and standing on the mm-hmm. other side of it it feels real creepy (laughs) and kind of angry yeah 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 of like yeah we're gonna like we're gonna take over and rule everything that just seems right a little antithetical to a lot of the quote-unquote christians yeah message some of the themes from the gospel message right yeah so i don't know man it just it all i'm really bad on the fly i'm trying to articulate my thoughts it's okay it's a lot to think about. It is a lot to think about. I think a lot of the ideas come from a good place. And and sort of like John Cooper said in the interview that you read for us a moment ago, I think that these songs definitely are coming from an authentic place, right? Right. And so for him personally, I can see each one as valid and meaningful but then if you attach like the the sort of <laughs> metaphorical army of christendom mm-hmm. to the these songs then it starts to feel a little like 
heavy handed and like, right. Okay. Whoa, you're, you're doing fine. Yeah. Like, I mean, and, and it honestly you. that has the, you know, I don't know exactly where I'm going with this, but like, I feel like it has a potential one, you know, a word I used earlier, uh, it feels really reductive. Right. And it does have the possibility of feeling dangerous. E- even if, you know, like we said before, like this isn't a Christian podcast and we don't want to like get like deep into theology and stuff. And, right. you know, and we're all in different places in, in terms of that. But even if you were like 100% on board with the quote unquote Christian agenda, I feel like because in so many ways this is pretty reductive, it can it can kind of send the wrong message. I don't think that really like means anything. I, you know, it, it, it it's not going to make any like 13 year old kid become like militant. Sure. In any way. No. But, and also I don't, but I don't know. It seems like, I guess if their goal was to like spread the message of Christianity, which it seems like based on who they are as a band, based on the lyrics of this album, that's yeah, definitely part that of that is the, like a big part the of their mission right i don't know if it's 100 percent effective right yeah and i guess i just wonder how but it's also like not their said, job again, like like you know like i don't think right they have to but but it seems like it seems like it fails if their goal is to spread this message which it seems like they do right right I I think so. And I think kind of like you said earlier about about um ripping me off being a very a, a very specific response to a very specific situation. Mm-hmm. If a listener doesn't have that, they are just going to try to fill in those gaps right. and and kind of assign meaning to it that may not even intentionally be there. Yeah. But for them that's what it means. And so I guess that's what I'm kind of getting into is like how much of this is just perception? And how much of it is real? Um, and and to your point about trying to convey this message of Christianity, uh, whether it's effective or not, I just think like kind of at the core of it, a lot of it should be about uh, oneness and togetherness and acceptance. And a lot of the themes in this album are like pain and hardship and separateness. Mm-hmm. And that that I think is the part that I'm like, that that feels like it fails right but but you know i i don't know i I hadn't thought of this before but there is like a sort of biblical christian precedent for that i feel like 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 reveling in your quote-unquote pain and suffering i gotta stop saying quote-unquote reveling in your pain and suffering right perceived or not seems to be a big part of the Christian experience or the Christian story. Mm. You know what I mean? Like from Job all the way to like the early Christians and stuff like persecution perceived or real is like, there's a big chip on Christianity's shoulder. You know what I mean? True. Of like being the underdog, which it's not, it's like a major world religion, but it's still, it's still, acts like it's an underdog and everyone's attacking it right and people feel like it Mm -hmm. is like you're saying whether it's real or perceived yeah that's a good point 
Yeah, and I guess I guess that's that's kind of the the question I like to wrestle with um, a lot of the time is like how much of this is just historically the narrative, right? Like from a biblical place, mm-hmm. like, and how much of it is actually experiential and real? You know, did you just take the 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 identity of a victim or the person being persecuted and and project that onto yourself, or is that really what you're experiencing? Mm-hmm. And that's the question. I don't. I don't have an answer. You know. I don't, I don't either. Know. But but I think it's fascinating to think about. It really is. This has been Professor Philosopher's conceptual corner. That was I'm intense. T- I'm trying to change my accent every time I say it. I like it. It's not going to be good. exactly the same. You should do a couple of them right now. Do a couple of them right now. Professor Philosopher's <laughs> conceptual Did you forget what it was corner. Yes. All right, what else you got? Too many. You got ones. a high pitched one. Professor Philosophers Conceptual Corner. Are they all British? Can you do a oh. Brooklyn? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Professor Philosophers Conceptual Corner. That was very Christopher Walken. It started Walken, and it went somewhere else. Yeah. Can you do Batman? Professor Philosophers Conceptual Corner. All right. What about the Joker? Oh, which which Joker? Doesn't matter. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do. Um, what's his face? Not Heath Ledger. Jack Nicholson. Joaquin, I'm gonna do Joaquin Phoenix Joker. Okay. Professor Philosophers Conceptual Corner. That's pretty good. He's real. Can you sad, do Australian? You know. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up! I'm, I'm keeping Leave all this in. I'm just. <laughs> I'm derailing us for like 20 minutes just to get you to do weird acts. And you're just going to keep it. I mean, yeah, I am for 100% because we don't have that oh, much God. more of this album to talk about. No, and our, our episodes are normally like two and a half hours long. And we're now, like, Kylan, can you explain Australia to me? Oh, my God. Hashtag Australian bars. Callback. All right. Track <laughs> number 11. Will you be there? I'm gone. Yep. I said this had sweet, sweet bass, though. Finally. It does. Finally, yes. And the female vocals are so good. So good. I yeah. wish I would just listen to an album of that. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I literally wrote, I just want more Corey vocals. Yeah. They're so good. Great. I was way into that. Also, this, to me, more than any other song on this album, is the Creed analog. Yes. It's the same tempo and maybe even like similar chord structure to with arms wide open. Oh, interesting. Uh, you know? Can you do can you do Scott Stapp introducing us to the Professor Philosophers? Professor Philosophers, <laughs> conceptual corner. That John Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> nope, can't do that. That's too meta. My brain broke. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I totally agree. I totally agree. It's, it's very Creed. I liked it though. This yeah. is probably my second favorite. Cool. I just like her vocals a lot. Yes. I need more of that. Yeah, same. Yeah, those were like the bright shining moments for me across this mm-hmm. album. Anytime her vocals popped up, I was like, okay, I enjoy this. Yeah. You got anything else for this song? Uh again, lots of like kind of 
wah guitar popping up. Mm-hmm. Like fun, cool. Yeah, I like it. Kind of tired yeah. of the of the um the tone at this point in the album, but just because for sure, it's, for sure, it's a, it's long a lot. Album. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I think I may just. I may do a resequencing of this. I may do a new track list. I'm, yeah. I haven't thought it through all the way yet, so I'm not going to talk about it. Right. But we'll post it, and, and we'll see what people think of that. Yeah. So it comes down to this, the last song. Come track my number way. 12. 12. Track number 12. Come my way. Did you just sing that? I wasn't paying attention. Number 12, Professor Philosophy. <laughs> Come Dude. my way. It's a chill um, piano song, man. I said cool piano sounds like a Christmas song. Ah, it does, especially when the cello kicks in. Mm-hmm. It's totally a Christmas song. Yeah. I it, stopped paying attention to the lyrics entirely at this point, though. I did, too, actually, because it I just doesn't like, really go anywhere. I feel like there's been a trend, definitely, of albums with like 12 plus songs that we just kind of get burnt out by the Tired. last song yeah yeah so many of these albums have great starts i want more that have like great finishes yes you know what me i mean too. yeah yeah so many of them do seem to kind of just run out of yeah. creative energy by like halfway or three quarters through mm-hmm. yeah i do like it though as an ending track like if you're gonna have to go way out to left field stylistically like they did on this one because this is again it's sort of like the one earlier that you said didn't belong on this album this also what i was gonna say back then was that that song and this song could be on the same album for sure what was that uh Uh, you are my hope yes you are my hope and come come my way yeah i mean they're totally the like worship songs they're total worship songs but i do i do like this as a closer i agree i agree works pretty good closer and that's all i got to say about it hey me too we did cool. it we did it we did it. so kylan what is alien youth now that the aliens have landed we've established that uh-huh is Alien Youth by Skillet a flop or a bop? Well, tell me. Well, if this album was eight songs playing in the background of a twisted metal game, <laughs> it would totally be a bop. <laughs> contextualizing exactly it's very close to being a bot for me honestly i know i feel okay. like I'm on it a lot but from the vibe guy perspective even right. though this is like this is totally not the kind of music i listen to but once again like i said i've just rewatched all the matrix movies and i'm feeling this very like early 2000s vibe in general right now right yeah Te- techno punk. Uh, it's very 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 close to being a bot right uh there's too much weirdness that i don't like though yeah you are my hope vapor there's i mean there's just there's too much that just like doesn't 
connect with me. And it's one of those, like I said, like I usually don't really pay attention to lyrics, mm. but a lot of this is just so kind of in your face lyrically. Right. Like it's it's hard to not pay right. attention to it. Um, I don't really love it. Yeah. I'm going to call it barely a flop. Barely. Okay. Yeah, just I like barely. that. Like, like if if bop and well, I can't. That's visual. Um, <laughs> he's doing a really great visual like a, representation, listeners. A flop, just like <laughs> it's like it's right there on the line, and then just boom, just barely right dips down. Line. Yeah. What about you? Flop. Um. So. I'm going to say, ultimately, if middle school teach had to listen to a new metal post-grunge industrial band, I'm glad it was Skillet. Yeah. I really am. Because <laughs> that genre, that, yeah, that's all There's I'll a say. lot of trash in there. Um, yeah, but, like, because I was thinking through that, like, you know, so we're doing that, that if you like this, then. Right, right. Episodes, and I was working on my playlist, and it is, like, really It's tough. Hard. Yeah. It's really it's a there's one. a lot of trash out there. And I might just have some ironic tracks on there. Right. And that's fair. Yeah. If you can connect it, right? Just find exactly. that connective tissue. Exactly. Yeah, so for me, you know, looking back as a band, I'm like glad that this was what I found when I went looking for like industrial angry post-grunge stuff. Mm-hmm. Um cuz I think as a 12, 13-year-old you're pretty impressionable in your development <laughs> so like yeah they they were relatively uh tame in comparison but but i will say this for me is a bilbo baggins album and what i mean by that, that mean? is it is not enough butter scraped over too much bread too much bread ah, i love that too few good ideas um those Spread are the butter over too much album over the album runtime is the bread tends to happen. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and why can't, I mean, this may be the ADD in me, but like, why can't every album just be like eight songs? <laughs> yeah. I and then it. just come out. If you got, if you got 13 songs, do an album and an EP. Right. And, or come up with two more songs and have two albums. Right. Yeah. Just break it up. Why not? Yeah. No. And I, and I really, this was helpful for me though, because it helps me reframe how, how I listen to music through the lens of how you listen to music. I think, like I said, yeah. like it was a very Kylan listening experience for me because so many of the songs were just like, okay, I'm over it. I'm over it. Mm-hmm. And then some of them were like, okay, I'm into this. I'm into this. Um, but with that said, you talked about doing an alt track list. I actually did one. Oh, nice. I'm curious to see what yours might look like, but okay, mine but I hear yours. is just the alien youth EP. Okay, sweet. It starts track it. one alien youth. Nothing needs to change about that. Great oh, opener, yeah. like you said. Track two, Earth Invasion. On board. I like that one. Track three, I liked One Real Thing. Cool. I, that works for me as a track two. That was my favorite song on the album, remember? Yeah, it was. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Um, track four, Ripping Me Off, because I think it's a banger, even if like I can dive into the weird yeah. philosopher place with my brain. Like If I'm going vibe guy, I can really mm-hmm. dig that song. And awesome. then I actually put come my way as a closer dude that is great that is a great ep right there right thank you i would listen to that like yes i would listen to that all the way through multiple times right i'm on board with that 
So my answer is it's a flop, but my my EP would be a bop. Okay. So it's basically how I was with uh, our newest album ever. Right. Okay. We're yeah. both a little more kind of on the fence than I thought we would be, if I'm being yeah. honest. Yeah. Like going into too. this, like, and I feel like we were pretty tough on this record. Yeah. At least yeah, we in were. this conversation. True. Um, but I think we we both found more things to enjoy than either of us anticipated. Yeah. And that's and that's the fun part of the process. That's the 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 journey, if you will. That's true. Finding the redemptive elements. What? I said don't stop believing. Don't stop believing, baby. (laughs) Sweet. Well, guys, I think (laughs) we're not playing that. Uh, (laughs) Next week, we're going to talk about Journey. No, we're not. (laughs) Um, So here's what's fun. We don't know what we're going to do next week. We don't know. It's a mystery. It's a surprise. But I'm sure by the time the next episode comes out, you will know what it is because you'll read it in the title. That's how it works. As always, please rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. Please give us reviews, you guys. If you like it, let us know. If you don't like it, I mean, you'll hurt our feelings deeply. Just like maybe we heard you really sad about it. But yeah, maybe just like try to spare our feelings, but let us know. (laughs) Like... I guess I still want to know out of morbid curiosity. Yeah, true. It's kind of but, fun. Yeah, just leave reviews like that. And that like super helps ar- us out. Yeah, it helps us out. And argue with us on social media. Please. Please. Co- yeah. Come at me. Yeah. Come at me. Tell come, me how wrong. No, not I am. me. Not me. I'm too sensitive. But come at TJ. He's right. he's ready for it. The yeah. The, and the meme with the guy that changed my mind guy with the mug at the table. That's you. That's me right now. That's you. Um also we're on Instagram at what is our Instagram? <laughs> We're good at this. I got my high pitch giggle. I think it's just church jams now. Yeah. We're on Instagram at church jams now, Twitter at jams underscore now, and on Facebook, search church jams now podcast. If you like it, then you should have put a ring on it. We're not ending on that. I'll think of something better. (laughs) I'll put it in post. Alien youth. Alien youth. Uh, can you do that your introduction to your yeah. segment? Professor, philosophers, conceptual corner.